Hello and welcome to the Am Side podcast. As always, we are your hosts, Rob and Bubba, and we are officially in 2024 for your season four intro, episode one. Season four is here, Bubba. How exciting is that and how are you today? Oh, it's so exciting. Happy 2024, everyone. Uh, I hope everyone's had a good festive period. Um, I, for one, am ready to get just grinding out the, the great new year. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. Got some New Year's resolutions and goals, but I'm sure we'll talk about that in another episode. Um, do, you know, do you know what, Rob? <laughs> in all honesty, in the last month, I've got one big old gripe, um, and that is phone screens. Do you know what? I didn't realize just how much a pain in the bum uh, breaking a phone screen was, and I've done it twice in the last month. And it's cost me far too much money, in all honesty. <laughs> I mean, I was there for one of them, and uh-huh. I felt awful. So we'll get onto that in uh, just a sec. I think that's an interesting uh, thing to open up the year on. You know, open up on some positivity, let's say. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll go with that. Or the opposite. Who knows? Uh, but we've got a great episode to kick off the season. Um, obviously, we've had a lot of off-season movements, people joining different companies. Mm. However, everyone knows that I'm on Team DGA, and this off-season, <laughs> we have had quite a few good signings for the team, including today's guest, Tristan Tanner, obviously coming over from Latitude 64 onto, you know, the best team in disc golf, let's be clear. DGA, we know we know what we are, we know what we got. Uh, so super excited to hear about pretty much his experience getting to grips with these discs, how he's going to sort of be moving going into 2024, all the exciting stuff to come up. But yes, we had a bit of a disaster to start the year, yeah. so... Obviously, uh, I think it was second weekend in Jan, you decided to come up north. We were going to plan the podcast, which there's some great stuff in plan. Super excited for the year ahead. Um, and we're going to make some content. So we headed over to Longford Park in Manchester. And mid-round, we found out that your phone was just... So it wasn't a drop. It didn't get hit. It didn't we, get dropped. We, we assume Nothing. not, Rob. It just... <laughs> Just, just all we know is that it was exploded. I went to check my messages, and then there's a big old gunshot wound to it down the bottom, right where the thumbprint is. So not only could I not unlock my phone, but you couldn't do the little password thing either. And I'm an I'm an old man, so I haven't got face recognition on. Who does that? <laughs> so it, it 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 made me realize that you can't do anything without a phone. I can't log into any of my email. I can't log into any of my work stuff. Like, I couldn't navigate to yours, let alone home. Um, I couldn't message anyone. I could pick up any calls. But, like, it, it made the next 24 hours really interesting on, on, on how we had to kind of navigate back. Thankfully, we did the old school convoy back to your house. Um, and then uh, your lovely wife, Hattie, uh, managed to sort me out with one of her old phones, uh, which... One of her burner phones, yeah. you know, for <laughs> nefarious reasons. No, uh, but like you said, we're so like dependent on our phones, even like Apple Pay or Android Pay. So obviously, I I uh, spotted your pe- your petrol yeah. uh, to get you back to Leeds, um, and I've never driven more sensibly in my life. Well, I'm a, I'm a good driver, but and it's probably unsensible in the sense that I was a Tactical. 65 mile an hour middle of the road driver, making sure that I had eyes on you at every single point. Because not only were we fighting the you not having any access to a phone, because if you got lost or we somehow separated you couldn't even answer a call no. so there's no way you were getting to mine it was getting darker as well so yeah. we were fighting the light we got there you know clearly you've survived to tell the tale we're <laughs> rob i i'll t- 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 tell you who didn't survive to tell the tale is that squirrel you hit on the way there 
Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I don't. We don't know for sure if I hit a squirrel. A squirrel ran out in front of me on the motorway. I felt a bump. It may have been a well-timed pothole. That is my hopes. Mm. I'm I'm in denial that I have ever hurt a living creature other than flies. Well, it's not it's not just so, the living creature either. It's the family it was currently providing for. Um, you know, it's seven children. Probably it's yes. wife at home. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Oh, we can have Peter coming and protesting the outside. That's not that's not a good look. Um, but hey, you're, yeah. So we managed to get back. You know, we did some great podcast planning. We did, and then you uh, were writing directions to your next location on your oh, arm, yep. on your hand, sort of M one turn left, sort of <laughs> uh, style things. So you know, whatever it was, yeah. You you got where you needed to go, and clearly. Um, it's worked out but yeah it's been quite expensive phone screen experience it is, it, journey for you very expensive and also just just a good life lesson of just be prepared like um i i, I feel like i'm going to pick up a hattie burner phone and just keep it in my car just so if if i ever do need it if it's if it's a pay-as-you-go sim it just have 10 pounds on it just turn it off and then if you need it it's in your car like and for for the expense of what 35 40 pounds it just makes sense to me because it's insane just how much we need our phone now I mean, that's just not a bad idea, you know. Bird of phone in the car, you're good to go. You might get some dodgy looks if you know you've got a passenger in your car and you sort of, they open your glove box, they go, uh, Bob's man, uh, what's this, uh, what's this for? It's my modern day black book, Rob. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Well, talking about, uh, burner phones, we're going to go over to a topic that, you know, is equally hot. And that is, uh, Ledgestone. Of course, we've got to shout Ledgestone. They are always bringing the heat. And, uh, you know, we're in pre-season. They do their Ledgestone seasons, so they do different drops throughout the year. Um, but that doesn't mean they haven't been doing some awesome stuff this off-season. Um, I think the big one is Chris Clemens coming on board. So, oh, obviously, yeah. uh, we're going to do an episode in the very near future where we sort of talk about, you know, the off-season, the big moves. Um, you know, who did well, who didn't. I don't know who didn't, but, you know, we'll, we'll talk, talk uh, about that when we come to it. But uh, yeah, Chris Clemens joined the team over at Ledgestone. And Chris just brings this awesome brand with him, uh, which is obviously the Clemens brand. So if you want to support Chris, you can go to Ledgestone. Uh, so Shop Ledgestone, check out these discs. Go over to Shop Ledgestone, check out all of the stuff they're doing. They've got some incredible limited runs. Obviously, uh, we've got Tristan coming on in just a moment. DGA, they have all kinds of limited edition versions of dj discs so if whatever tristan tells you to throw or you know if you like the sound of you can go get it at, uh, at ledgestone as well as dga so yeah ledgestone are a huge supporter of this show they're going to be a supporter for 2024 um and we can't wait we've got so many cool things coming up with them you know me and bubba are doing this content gig you know we're gonna be uh trying yeah. out some uh ledgestone uh ledgestone gear do some fun challenges it's just a partner that we love being a part of. So if you like the show, if you want to support us and you want to support the people that make this show possible, um, Ledgestone is just one of those people. So you can go to Shop Ledgestone uh, and pick up some pretty, pretty epic plastic. You're damn right, Rob. Only today was I thrown a Zeglo Ledgestone Thrasher and thoroughly enjoyed it. Cool. I've, I've never actually been a fan of the Thrasher, personally. Um, I think I had a Missy Gannon Thrasher. I think it was her tour mm. series for a bit. Um who, yeah, is a friend of the show. So maybe I should give that another go. You should. Um, so there you go. Awesome. Well, there you go. We've sort of uh, got the first section of the 
the show over with. You know, we're doing we're doing pretty well in 2024. You know, we're crushing it. But uh, let's keep this uh, this train rolling along. Okay, let's not waste any more time. Tristan Tanner, welcome to the Amstar Podcast. How are you doing today, man? Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Super excited. Um, this is my first podcast, actually, in a while. Get so it. I'm Whoa. really... Yeah, this is almost an exclusive, even. <laughs> well, it, like we can treat it as such. That'll be the yeah. marketing around this episode now. It's an exclusive with Tristan Tanner. Um, Perfect. With all of our guests, just in case there's someone listening that has no idea who you are, uh, why don't you give a little bit of a breakdown of who is Tristan Tanner in the world of disc golf? Yeah, so I'm a professional disc golfer. I just finished my fifth year on tour, about to start my sixth. Um, I started playing disc golf in 2017. I just switched sponsors over to DGA, which I know we'll be talking about a little bit. But yeah, I mean, kind of had a big media brand a couple years ago with uh, like YouTube and Instagram and whatnot. It kind of fell off a little bit in the past year. And I'm trying to definitely bring it back more um, because I think it's something that I excel in. And I think a lot of people know me from that. Uh, And yeah, so I'm a professional player trying to be the best and trying to do some media stuff along the way. Awesome. Can't uh, can't wait to see that over the year. Um, So yeah, people will know that I'm on Team DJ. You don't uh, talk about it that much, Rob. uh, The guys that (laughs) actually can play disc golf. I I mention it. but obviously, you've uh, moved this off-season from Latitude 64 to DGA. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely want to get into that beforehand. Um, now, obviously, as far as you're aware, this is the first time we've interacted. We have actually interacted once before. Um, <laughs> and actually, it was incredibly embarrassing for me, but I'm sure it was just a flutter in the wind to you. It was um, Ledgestone this previous year. Okay. And... Uh, the whole 13 and whole 18 essentially share a T-pad. So, you know, there's the water hole yeah, in yeah. 18. Um, now, I had my tripod. I was set up to get the tee shots on hole 18. And I was so oh, happy Oh, I shot. remember You're this. tripod guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'd essentially had my camera set up on the T-pad of 13. And you were sitting on the bench and you said, hey, dude. And I was like, oh, yeah? Like, what do you want? And he's like, you're in the way. I was like, oh. So I, after spending like two minutes setting up the perfect shot, I just sort of oh. I embarrassingly picked up my camera and was like, of course I'm in the way. Wow, that's so funny. Yeah, especially like, especially during tournaments, I'm just so like yeah. blunt and dry. Like if someone's in the way on the fairway, like I'll just like people normally like hesitate, you know, to like say something. But I just right away, I'm like, hey, we're throwing that way. Like get off. Like, it's called focus. <laughs> like I, so I just... I don't yeah. care. It's yeah. steely focus. Like uh, the guys, uh, the guys I'm with are like, "Hey, Rob, how's it going? How did you get any good content?" I was like, "I mean, it's going fine, but uh, I think I just got told off by Tristan Tan." And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, it, uh, it happens." <laughs> yeah, no, no so, ill um, intent, at least. It was. It wasn't until like probably a few hours ago I was thinking, "Okay, like got Tristan coming on," and I like, sort of snapped. I was like, "Oh my god, I've oh, I've wiped wow. that from my memory." Um, uh-huh. So there you go. If you remember it, yeah, apologies. That's I was so the, funny. the lanky yeah, British no, I, guy that was in your way. I totally remember that. That's great. <laughs> awesome. Um, so obviously, like we said at the beginning, we are in the off-season, loads of off-season, off-season movement. Um, mm-hmm. And you're a part of that story. So you mentioned you've this is your sixth year of touring. I believe you've been with Latitude 64 for that entire duration up until now, right? Yeah, so Latitude was my first sponsor when I went on tour in 2019. Uh, I didn't have a previous manufacturer sponsor before touring. 
and then they picked me up that first year. And then, yeah, I've been with them since um, this move, this off season. So obviously with, with Latitude, you sort of worked up. So I, I know they have, I think all House of Discs have their tiers. They do have a world champ tier. But you essentially mm-hmm. were that top tier. You were that tour team for Latitude 64. Like you said, you had a um, a great media presence. I think a lot of people know you from social media, YouTube, etc. However, quite exciting in the... Uh, you know, my personal world, the world of Team DGA, you have decided to move to DGA. Now, can you talk us through a little bit about that decision to move? Was it a decision to move? Was it a, I know this off season, there's been a lot of sort of strangeness going on. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, what was the, the draw of DGA? Because I know the plastic's the best, but not, not a lot of people do. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, to start the latitude breakup was a mutual breakup. I think it just kind of came to a point where I wanted different things from them and they wanted different things from me to put it very simply. And it just, the relationship wasn't necessarily bad in any way, but it just was kind of the end of the road for us. And like, like I said, we both wanted different things. And so, yeah, that happened, I guess, probably like in November ish, uh, early November. And then, yeah, just kind of, with my agent Schaefer sports went and kind of just like asked around a little bit. I already had a really good relationship actually with the Discraft guys and some of the DGA guys. So like, um, like Bob Julio and Scott Kesey and Mike Wagner. Um, and so that kind of like DGA or Discraft was my first option, I guess, if something could be worked out. And actually, funny enough, it was, like, mostly working with Bob, trying to, like, do something with Discraft, kind of. And then kind of pivoted at the last minute of, I guess, like, DJ already had their team completely set. Like, the tour or whatever. I, I, I don't know what they call their their top team. But that has, like, Parker and Evan Scott and Katrina and Cole and, like, all those guys were all, like that whole team was all locked in and obviously they had picked up a lot of new people. The team kind of changed a lot from last year because their DJ is doing this whole big rebrand. And so it was, I guess it was the Thursday before Christmas and I get like a call early in the morning from my agent and was like, like, Hey, like, how do you feel about like hearing out an offer from DGA? And I was like, like, Oh yeah. Like I'd, I'd hear out an offer from DGA. Like <laughs> I, I like Scott and I like the guys. So yeah, sure. I'd love to. And so they like sent over an offer, like a kind of just rough offer and then talked to Scott and Bob on the phone later that day. And it just went really well. A lot of same goals going into the next season of um, kind of, they wanted someone who was like professional, like touring, like trying to pursue that, but also like wanted to have some like media obligations. Uh, And so you know, like I said, with kind of the last year, I felt like I fell off social media a little bit. I was planning already this year to get more into content again. And so it just kind of seemed like the perfect fit. And then, so that was Thursday at like 2 p.m. And then they sent over an offer later that day, signed that next morning. And then they had a box of discs out for me at like, <laughs> whatever, so 8 a.m. the next morning Amazing. coming out. Um and so, like, my deal is, like, a little bit different. Like, I'm not, like, necessarily going to have, like, a tour series disc or anything with DGA. But 
mostly just like opening it up to do a lot of media and more like custom run stuff. So like everyone can be expecting um, custom run stuff, both like through me and through my retail sponsor, another round disc golf. Obviously they're huge on the content side and um, I've been working with them for a while, but just kind of, the way Latitude does business and the way they did business didn't quite line up. So we haven't really been able to do a whole lot with another round in the past few years. But obviously, like I'm sure you guys have seen DGA and another round have an amazing relationship already. And that kind of was a little bit of the factor into my move to DGA. Um, and yeah, so I'm super excited. It's going to be a lot of like custom runs, special stuff with that, a lot of media and just the whole relationship has gone really really well so far i'm like i'm very very excited awesome i think the for me the disc of the year last year in terms of what i couldn't get hold of but i was desperate to get hold of was austin turner's ice quake so again yep. i think it was one of the coolest yeah another round collab dj things so i think the opportunities there are so cool because you do get these sort of slightly maybe smaller runs that like exclusivity yeah, actual exclusivity rather than just just run 3000 yeah, of them for sure. and available forever not this like <clears throat> yeah yeah this fake where there's like there's actually 12000 of them yeah. made but like we're going to make it seem like it's this tiny release like no like actual like sub 1000 disc runs yeah. closer to like 500 discs made type thing so yeah That's super how it should be i think um tristan so you were saying there that you've been with latitude for a little while and you're moving to DGA, which is all new plastic. And I think a lot of the narrative mm-hmm. this season has been, it's quite refreshing to move from a brand that you've been with almost since the start to a completely new brand. Us as amateurs, that sounds real scary just to get a bag of new discs and to go <laughs> at it. But is it bringing your love of disc golf back a little bit to try all this new plastic and figure out what's going on? Yeah, yeah. So for sure, like the back half of last season... Um, I mean, if you look at like my PDGA or just like my finishes for last season, it was like good. The first half of the season, like playing pretty well, like some top 15s, top 20s, things like that. And then like after once Europe happened, it just kind of like fell off and I didn't really have a good Mm -hmm. tournament after that. And it was just kind of like, that's kind of when some of this like sponsor kind of stuff came into my head. And, you know, it's like disc golf and golf in general is such a mental thing and so if you have anything like creeping in the back of your mind it like can take a big effect on you and so i just kind of had this loss of love for disc golf for the back half of the season like didn't want to practice like hated being on the course hated throwing discs like just really didn't like being around disc golf at all like tried to minimize it as much as possible which obviously is not a recipe for success yeah (laughs) on the course and so (laughs) like you said it, it this start with DGA is like complete like refreshing start like as soon as I signed that contract it's funny I was in the airport flying home to Colorado f- to visit my family for Christmas for just like four days and so like I signed the contract and I'm just like sitting in the plane like I just I I want to go throw this <laughs> right now <laughs> I want to walk off the plane and go back and find some DGA discs in a used bin and start throwing and so yeah it's been great to like kind of have this refresh both physically and mentally and like learning new plastics and how discs fly I think for anyone is like actually a really good like learning tool because if you throw stuff for long enough you're just like oh this is my highs of release this is this this is whatever this is how this disc flies and so you get just set in these like stock throws where like 
oh, maybe your hyzer is not actually a hyzer or like stuff like that. And so the, just relearning everything has been really great for me. And I think is actually good for a lot of people too. I like that. Um, you, you talked about like the last half of uh, last year, you, you kind of went to a bad place. Have you ever analyzed that to see what it was to, to kind of minimize that happening in the future? Yeah, I mean, I really do think it was just the kind of putting too much weight in the sponsor and like business side okay. of mm. the game. You know, it was just like, I, and that's kind of where that like miss, not miscommunication necessarily, just like misalignment of where in the past me and Latitude were aligned. And then we just came to a place where we weren't really anymore. And so I had things I wanted to do. They had things they wanted to do and they just like weren't lining up. And it was just kind of, yeah, put me in this rough place. And because the business side of what we do as professionals is so tied into like the playing side is like that crossover, that crossover when it happens can just be rough if it's like negative well, in any it's, way. It's, it's the way you guys earn your money, which is the way you pay for your living. Right. And if, if mm-hmm. we had a variable income every month, because, you know, I'm on a salary, so I know what I'm getting every month. Therefore, I can plan my life pretty well. If I've got a variable income, yeah. for instance, life becomes so stressful. Like paying, everyone says mm-hmm. money isn't the root of happiness, but oh my God, it makes everything so much easier. <laughs> so yeah, oh, yeah I, I can imagine yeah, if, for sure. if that relationship where it does affect your, you know, your income and it, it starts getting a little bit resentful in a way. Um. But mm-hmm. the totally. good news is yeah. you've got your number one pick, right? DJ and Discraft. So yes, yes, yeah, it's talk true. to us about um, whether you're able to throw any Discraft and maybe throw in some DJ molds that you're really, really enjoying right now. Yeah, so it's kind of funny, I guess. Like, like in my contract, I don't have any like contractual obligations to throw a certain number of DJ discs necessarily. But with that being said. I thought I was going to need more Discraft discs, and at the moment, I only have the Zone is the only one that I feel like I need because, same. like, exactly the same. I, I mean, I don't know for whatever reason, I just like didn't like didn't know about some DGA discs, like the Bonsai. Yeah. Like, I had no clue <laughs> that the Bonsai was a thing, so I was like, I'm for sure going to need an Athena and an Onyx. And so then, like, when I got all my DGA discs, I like like got a couple like an Athena and an Onyx from a buddy and then was like throwing them. And then I was like throwing the bonsai and I was like, I don't need either the Athena or the Onyx. Like this bonsai does both of those things. And so I have three bonsais in the bag (laughs) and then kind of similar with the distance driver is like, I knew I loved the hyper King before I signed. Like I knew that disc is phenomenal for me, especially. And then I just knew it was pretty overstable. And so I was going to need some straighter stuff. And I don't know. I just didn't really know anything about the hurricane. Like I just thought the hurricane was this flippy, like, like am disc (laughs) in quotes. (laughs) Um, And then I got some hurricanes and they're just like, awesome. Like I'm having the issue right now, honestly, of like all my distance drivers, just go left. Like, <laughs> I don't have any that go right at the moment, which I'll, like will naturally happen. And I'm starting to get some that like are beating up a little bit or finding some certain runs that are a little more understable. Uh, but that's just a problem also that I never had with latitude. It's just like at my power threshold, 
I'm sure everything went right. Hard for me to find discs that are consistent. Yeah. yeah, it's like, and it's kind of funny. Like just the the way I knew, like certain brands just had different characteristics, like across the board. Um, and so I think like Latitudes discs are just like by definition across the board straight, and that's why probably a lot of amateur players like them. Um, and even like me as a professional, I liked the discs because I just like learned to throw straight shots. And so it didn't matter if there was a wide open hyzer, I was just throwing a straight shot. And so everyone thought I was crazy, just throwing a bunch of straight shots all over, all over the place. But that's just like what the discs wanted to do. And then now like coming to DGA, they just like naturally across the board, everything has more like integrity at the end. So like where my latitude discs, when I got in the wind or when I like maybe like overthrew them a little bit too much, they just like didn't have the integrity to be consistent and finish left for me. Um, and DJ has that like through everything. I mean, breaker, aftershock, quake, like bonsai, avalanche, hur- like hurricane, hypercane, like they all want to go left. Even if they start going right, they're going to get left at the end. And on a backhand, obviously. And for me, that's just amazing. I'm like almost, I was talking to a buddy about it the other day, is I'm like relearning how to play disc golf almost because I have all these shots that I've never been able to throw before. Like the flex shot is like, was the hardest shot ever for me to throw because I spin the disc so much that I need something that like has this natural, like big turn and fade shape just to like get a normal straight flight. Um, and so it's like opening up, like I feel like my distance driver game is wild. Like the first couple weeks of me throwing DGA drivers, I would just like hammer on a hurricane as hard as I could slight hyzer. And it would do this like little pop up right away, this little hyzer flip in like the first third of the flight. And I would freak out. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God, that's going to flip and go right. Cause like if a latitude disc, like the, the rives or whatever I was throwing before, yeah. if they did the hyzer flip that early in the flight, that gone. Like they might hyzer flip later, but if they did one that early in the flight, gone right, <laughs> gone forever. And so they like did this hyzer flip. I like freak out, and then they go left, and I'm like, wait, what? Like how did how did that just do that? And then it like, yeah. And then hyper canes, I can just jam on hyzer. They stay on hyzer the whole way, and I think they're going to go 420 feet because like that's what my overstable drivers did before. And then now I'm like throwing hyzers 500 feet easily, and it's like, what the heck is happening? Like, it's just, yeah, completely different game. And I'm absolutely loving it. That's kind of redefining the, 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 the age old question of arch or arrow. Cause of course, of course you're throwing it 500 feet, but at the same time, yeah. those that you, you haven't read, I, I would imagine you could tell us whether you changed anything in the off season, but you, I don't think you've changed that much to be throwing these different, different shots like that. It's kind of all down to the discs. Yeah, I think it is. To, like, to an extent. And I think every player probably has certain characteristics that work better yeah. for them because I'm just a super high spin player. Like my, the spin I get relative to my speed, like might be the highest or top three highest of anyone there is. And so spin just makes everything fly the yeah. same. It makes overstable disc fly straight, makes understable disc fly straight. And so when you take a company like Latitude where everything wants to go straight, it's almost like a double positive equals a negative because if I miss the angle a little bit, it's just, it makes everything hold the angle it's on. 
So if I throw it a little flat, it's just going to go too straight. A little hyzer, it's going to go too hyzer. A little ante, it's going to go too ante. And so, like, for me personally, with how much spin I have, I just need discs that are, like, have hard fade and hard turn to make it naturally have this consistent multi-angle shot. And so, you know, like I said, that might be different for other players. They might need different characteristics. But for me, it lines up perfectly. When um when I'm out for Worlds this year, we're going to have to do a video, which is essentially how my discs fly versus how yours fly. Because yeah. I remember being at the um the Ledgestone office and because Chris Dixon bags a Banzai. I've, uh-huh. I apologize. I have no idea what's happened. I, I did some thumbs up and for some reason, like there were like fake fireworks going oh, off behind me. it was like me. the 4th of yeah. July. You're being a um, I, 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 I have no idea why. I'm going to keep my hands still just in case these weird animations come back. Um, but no, I was at the Ledgestone warehouse and Chris Dixon, who throws and bags a Banzai, threw this disc and I just stared at it thinking, oh, that does something a bit different to how... It flies for me so clearly mm-hmm. um I, I i would start saying oh you should try this and try that but they probably do very different things for me <laughs> for example i throw the rogue as a dead straight driver but i'm sure okay. for you that's a oh and I've been, using a it roller. As, I've been using it as a distance roller yeah <laughs> exactly um so when over in worlds we'll have to link up and have some fun with yeah. that because i'm pretty sure our bags whilst like i said i bag a zone that's the discraft disc i'm mm-hmm. sure they're going to be similar but for very different purposes for now, sure um, for sure the the interesting thing about coming from latitude obviously house of discs um it is my understanding that if you are sponsored by one of them you can throw a lot of them so you can have a little bit of west side a little bit of dynamic is that is that the case for all or is that just the few um yeah so i think i've heard some from from some players that are still on the team or like those teams that that's actually like they are separate almost like where dynamic disc players have to just throw DD latitude just has throw latitude. West side just has throw West side pretty much. Obviously I think there's going to be some lenience in that for the next couple of years. Um, But when I was on the team, it was just throw whatever you want in the trilogy brand, Mm -hmm. obviously like excluding disc mania and excluding castoplast because they're both under the house of discs. But yeah, I had free reign to throw whatever I wanted. So you were almost like a kid in a candy shop, right? There was a million different plastics, a million different molds. There Mm -hmm. was essentially an infinite amount of discs to choose from, which obviously on one side could be seen as a negative because it's hard to refine. Uh, What's the experience like coming to DGA, which obviously it's it's, it's the oldest manufacturer in the sport. However, it's got a limited focused sort of selection of discs because of the partnership with Discraft. A lot of people have said how... DJ almost fits in between Discraft molds. Mm-hmm. So has it felt like you've almost had a limited selection for DJ or are you include Discraft in that? So do you feel like you have as many options, if not more than before? Um, I mean, honestly, like kind of like I said before, being surprised with how some of the discs like fill slots is like DJ does have a very small number of mold selections, but like they cover every needed shot. Yeah. So it's like with the exception of that zone that I have in my bag, it's like, I don't feel like I need any other discs and it's almost nice to just like with latitude. It was like, we had the option of like nine different overstable four speeds, yeah. you know, yeah. like it was like, that's just a little excessive mm-hmm. of like, 
being able to pick like like being able to like pick perfect discs is good to an extent, but then it almost like puts more pressure on yourself mentally because you're like, oh, I have like I have the option of these nine discs. I can pick exactly the one that feels the best in my hand, the one that has the exact flight I need, and then if you mess up at all, it's like completely on you, obviously. But it's just that's like some added pressure that I don't know like needs to be there. So like having the limited selection, but having every slot filled is just like, oh yeah, for drivers, you throw this, for fairways, you throw this, for mid ranges you throw this and you just like make them work. And it's like, I think for me, that's like kind of nice. It's like something I've never really had before, but yeah, I've been enjoying it. Awesome. So I think this is actually quite a good segment to go into, you know, a, a segment that we loved last year. Still love it, and Rob. that is, of course, Dale's... Well, we love it last year. We love it this year. It's a fan favourite, <laughs> as we know. Dale's Thought of the Week. Now, Tristan, you're very lucky you get to be involved in a Dale's Thought of the Week. It's a very important segment to hear us here on the M side. Um, so, Dale, take it away. What's up, everyone? Dale's Thought of the Week, the first one of 2024. And you best believe it's taken me four times to record this because I kept saying 2023. Um, My Thought of the Week this week is, of course, it's going to be about Eagle McMahon. Now, I know the boys are going to be talking about it, but my my thought is around the leaking of this this secret. It's the world's worst-kept secret um, since the signing of... um, Simon Azot, since James Conrad, we always seem to have someone that thinks, do you know what, I'm going to get this out for a bit of clout um, and sort of spoil someone's deal with sort of Ricky and etc. Now, how do we stop that? How do we, how do we make sure that the player going to that team gets everything they deserve in the media? Um, you know, I mean, sometimes it's down to their own fault. James Conrad parking a uh, James Conrad van outside of MVP. It becomes a bit bit of a stupidity uh, thing but how do we stop it from from happening you know are we got to be stringent on ndas we've got to get people inclusion notices the people that know about it so you know if it does get leaked then we've got someone we can go after but yeah that's what i've got this week um have a great rest of your week and some exciting stuff coming from us uh, very excited to release uh, more information about the essex open um, but more of that as we come uh, rob and baba back to you awesome i think this is a really cool um Really cool segment, really good topic, really good thought of the week. Because obviously we're off-season, lots of movement. And yeah, Eagle kind of... I don't know if Eagle was leaked. I feel like Eagle, everyone just assumed that it was the right move. I can't remember there being anything crazy suspect. Now, Chris Clemens to... Were you not on the Reddit? I I don't do Reddit. But like Chris Clemens (laughs) to Discraft, his van was in the Discraft facility. That's gossip, that's whatever. But I feel like Eagle... Clemens' girlfriend also went on to Discraft, so that's... I, I, I liked how Clemens was, was just trolling the whole community. It was great for a little while. <laughs> Clemens is a good dude. I feel like he uh, had a bit of a giggle yeah. about that. For sure, um, definitely. But uh, I know, you know, I've been chatting to Kelly, who's team manager in DGA. He mentioned there was a few, you know, guys coming our way this off-season, but he was keeping his cards very close to his chest. Now, we were trying to do some sleuthing about DGA, and we couldn't find anything, and I've been pleasantly surprised by sort of uh, the additions that we have this year. I think we've got such a great young team. Um, 
how do you feel about it, Tristan? Because obviously you're in the community, you hear players talking about where they want to go or where they might be going. Do you feel a responsibility as a player to keep things close to your chest or do you just want to sort of, you know, play a game of telephone and sort of whisper around the, the camp yard, as it were? Yeah, I think almost that like game of telephone can be helpful because, you know, people get so caught up on where people are going that it's just like super good publicity. So like almost the most you can get people talking about wherever you're going, the better. Um, and I didn't really get to take advantage of it in my switch just because it happened so fast. So quickly. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I think it's like really good for everybody because it's fun for all the fans to like speculate and try to dig into all this stuff of yeah. like, Oh, whose van is where? And like, Oh, I saw him on a flight and he had a story and like all this stuff. Um, so I think for the fans, it's super fun. And then obviously like for the pros and the players, it's like just like good publicity in general. So yeah, I think it's pretty crazy how DGA kept it so like quiet, but I think with it being such a big year of change coming for DGA that no one was really expecting from kind of what DGA has been in the past for them to pick up a bunch of new players. You know, it's been normally like they'll just pick up like one player for the off season or things like that, they don't pick up like seven, like it seems like they did this year. And so I think for all those reasons, they just were able to keep it pretty quiet and not really have a whole lot of speculation, um, which I think was pretty cool for them. But then, yeah, overall as a player, I think the speculation is, is pretty good. I always feel like, um, have you seen the film Moneyball? Uh, I think I have. Yes, it's it's about sort of like it's basically finding players that aren't necessarily the you know on the face of it superstar mm. players, but have got such an yeah. amazing ceiling. And I feel like For DJ sure. have kind of played that a little bit in a similar way this year, which is they haven't gone and sort of captured an eagle or a Ricky and slapped him in the middle of the team. But yeah, looking at the players that have joined DJ this year, the the ceiling cap on all of these guys, yourself included, is so high. So I think yeah, that you know, they're saying it's a great you know point. What? these this a young, hungry team, they're gonna go out there and they're gonna work for our brand. And I think um, obviously Cole put a shift in last year, Ali Smith put a shift yep. in last year and t- um, brought home some trophies for the team, but I feel like that's just the start of it. This year, twenty twenty four, I can hundred percent see uh the DJ team bringing back some more silverware, which I'm super excited to cheer from this side of the pond. For sure. I yeah, yeah. couldn't have said it better myself, honestly. Right, and I, I think bringing it back to Dell's point too, I, I think logistically it's very difficult to keep these announcements in-house. I mean, especially when you were running maybe a Discraft announcement or, or, or the Eagle announcement with MVP, there is so much going on behind the scenes. Like, those discs were already printed, designed, printed, and in the warehouse. And then they had all of this content being shot as well. You know, that that's all done pre and everything else. And everyone in the warehouse knows. And that the people in the warehouse aren't down to an NDA. No, it's <laughs> they true. They can go talk about it whenever they want. It's true. And then there's also like, yeah, the likes of yourself going out into a field and throwing discs. People are going to see that uh, depending on where you are and everything else. And and yeah, that's. I feel like that's just how the rumor mill starts and then it just gets a lot of traction. Uh, but yeah, MVP is a big old, big old operation. There's a lot of people in that. So I, I think leaks like that have, why they're so spot on that's why simon was so spot on and people got eagle so right for sure and then you can do what they did with uh, emerson keith and just add him to the inner website oh my <laughs> gosh. yeah that was so, crazy <laughs> um that that's not even a leak that's just who messed up come on it's like yeah i know there's someone that maybe uh 
<laughs> a media guy got fired. Yeah. 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 Some, some guy was getting a finger pointed out. He was packing his things, you know, he was putting his, his yeah. destroyers and Thunderbirds in a box and sadly walking out of the front door. Um, so there you go. Well, that was a, uh, you know, that was another Dale's Sort of the Week, first of the year. Uh, and you know what? We'll be bringing you more as the year progresses. So thanks, Dale, for that. What a thought. What a topic. Awesome. I'm super uh, interested in sort of finding parallels between the way you've sort of come from a completely different manufacturer into DGA to someone like uh, Sully Tipton. Now, Sully's someone that I got a chance to hang out with last year. Mm-hmm. But he's coming from, so obviously he's coming from Discraft, Ledgestone, yeah. linked to DGA. So he already bags all Discraft. So mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting because it's almost, for him, it's not a complete new bag. He can actually keep quite a lot of the molds that he currently throws. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think the it's almost like the mold change isn't as big of a difference as the plastic because like like you said i had so many options with the trilogy family of like mold selection um but all of those discs were in the same plastic or like similar yeah. plastics whereas like now i'm moving to completely different plastics and the molds are just like something like molds change yeah. you know like we switch out molds new discs come out like but the plastic of a company stays similar for a long time. Like you go back to Discraft Plastic 10, 15 years ago and it's not far off from what it is now. And so for me, the plastic difference has been huge. And that might be something that like, like you said, Soli or like Evan Scott or Jake Mon or like some of those other guys, they might, they're like used to that plastic. So it's going to be more of just like a mold interchange for them. But for me, it's like a lot of like, okay, like, what kind of plastic do I like? Like, do I like Proline or do I like SP or like for my throwing putters or my throwing premium plastic or the base plastic? Cause they just all have different properties and how they wear and like the feel in general. And so like for me, all my discs, which I absolutely love is all my discs are stiff. The softest disc in my bag right now, I don't even know what it would be. It's probably some sort of, it might even be one of my hypercanes and it's like still a stiff rim pretty stiff flight plate, like relatively no give. Um, and so I'm going to say this very carefully. <laughs> do you prefer a, do you prefer a stiff disc? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, like, so because I've um, put you on the spot. So PL versus SP, which one are you leaning towards? Surely more? SP. Or does it completely um, depend on the mold? Most of my stuff's Proline. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. So like Proline Breaker, Proline Aftershocks, Proline Avalanche, Proline Bonsai, Proline. But do you not find SP in certain drivers? Like, I, I think the SP Banzai is like one of the stiffest discs I've ever felt. To be honest, I don't know if I've felt a, an SP Bonsai. Yet. Try an SP Bonsai because it's almost like it's like this is. It sounds like a negative. It's like concrete hard. It's like you feel like okay. it's snap in half. So if you like a yeah. stiff disc, you're know, nailing it. Um, <laughs> try well an SP Bonsai. We'll. Um, Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, again, we'll, we'll get some feedback from you. Yeah, for sure. Oh, wait. No, no, no. I do have one. It's like a, I have a sparkly blue one, SP. Okay. And I guess, is it? I don't know. Maybe the one I have is. I, I haven't really thought about the stiffness compared Maybe to Proline. Now that I'm thinking about it. Maybe it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I train my hands so much that I the strength is great. That's why I like hard discs. Yeah. We, um, <laughs> 
We, well, we have the name of this episode. It'll be Tristan Tanner loves stiff hard discs. That's yes, the... perfect. <laughs> and and you know, if autocorrect does its thing, then we should be fine. Um, we should be totally good. Yeah. Anyway, like I said before, recording we're family friendly, so that's quickly uh, <laughs> sideline away. Um, is there uh, just to sort of put you on the spot again? Is there one mold? Everyone that listens to this knows that I will die with a quake in my hand i love that thing it's the first disc i ever had which i think is an awful first disc to give to a beginner but pretty terrible yeah now that now that i have a full rounded disc it is my favorite disc in disc golf mm-hmm. it's just a reliable mid that always does me right yeah. is there a mold that you're thinking you know what this is the one this is the thing that's gonna okay put me there in 2024 yeah breaker nice what plastic for sure um, I have a pro line and a D line in the bag right now. Uh, I think I'm going to try to get some, my hand on some of the like older limited edition ones that like Haley Kings threw them in the past. Jake Mon likes them. Adam Hammes likes those. Um, so I'm going to try to get my hands on those, but the breaker just in general for me has been so money because it's straight have you tried and the, a brick. Have you tried the Ledgestone Ellie? Uh, is it Ellie Swirl? It's the, 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 the uh, Flex... The flex, flex um, yeah, breaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, I have tried a couple of them. There are more overstable, which I yes. don't necessarily want out of the breaker. I like want it to be straight, like kind of point and shoot in a way. Um, and so I like tried the those that I guess it's the Proline Flex Swirl. I think it's I think it's Ellie Flex because it's the Le- or, it was the Ledstone edition one. I'm okay. not too sure. Yeah, I'd have one to, of those. It's in one of my bags. <laughs> yeah, and then I tried some like the Trevor Harbaugh ones too. Uh, yes. I don't know what plastic those are either, but more overstable. That's ice, I think. Okay, yeah, more overstable. But I've just been liking just the stock stuff at the moment. Just straight, low glide. I can throw it as hard as I want, and they just go straight and down. They don't like float up in the wind or anything, which has been really nice for me. I love the uh, the D line breaker is one that's not going to leave my bag ever. I, yeah. I quite like it, and I've got a really beaten one. I deliberately just played a <laughs> one disc only round in the woods with it, okay. so I can do these nice sort of like Anheuser sort of flex little shots to like round corners. Yeah. It's once you yeah. get a beaten in D line breaker, that thing is money. I need to get one for sure. <laughs> Robbie's hey, if you need guy. someone to beat up a disc for you, I'm, I'm your man. Send me one. All right. I'll go play one round. And that's it. <laughs> one round and we'll be good. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> Luckily, we had uh, the guy that made the disc doctors on the show before Christmas. Yeah. So if they do get oh, two yeah, yeah. up, we can, we can fix them up. Yeah. We're all good. Uh, Nathan, that's a free shout out for you. Those are actually pretty cool. I had like, my buddy had one. The other day when I was playing, I'd never like seen what I'd like seen them online or whatever. And I gave it a try because I threw one of my discs into gunite. I think one of my hurricanes straight into a gunite like wall. And, okay, uh... what is what is gunite? Because I'll be completely honest with you. I looked at one of your Instagram videos and you said gunite in a comment. Yeah. And I thought you misspelled granite. <laughs> no, so it's like, yeah, there, so there's this giant granite slab on the course. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, um, <laughs> um, I was like, really no, it's like, used. I was like, what? It's like, con- like a concrete type, like mix, but I think generally it has okay. like bigger rocks in it. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of it out at Vista. Uh, okay. here in Arizona. And so, yeah, they just, it chews up discs like crazy. 
It's it sounds, that ends up fun. sounds quite American. It's sort of, uh, let's put the word gun in it. You know, it's, yes, it's yes, gunner. for sure. Yes, 100%. <laughs> quick, uh, quick sideline, when we were planning the recording of this, uh, Tristan is currently in what I think is the coolest naming time zone on the planet, which is it's US Mountain Time, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's just that's just cool. <laughs> Bobo like that one. Yeah, because we're like we're just Greenwich we're... Median time. Like, what is that? <laughs> Come on, Greenwich Median is or, or British summertime. Yeah. It's all boring, but US Mountain Time. Yeah. That's yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly. always a good time. That is for sure. Yep, that's a dream for me. Um, so we swayed away the, from the conversation a little bit. I kind of want to tip off the DGA stuff. Um, with we talked about discs, okay, but the next. Favorite thing for me to talk about is swag. So what are you wearing? And I feel like you're a very stylish person on the course, along with the likes of Ezra mm-hmm. Hinderhold and everything else. Do you get to choose what you're wearing? Like, So when it comes to um, changing over to a different brand, we've seen Simon last year almost be forced into these oversized clothes or what it seemed like. Yeah, I feel like you got way too much pride to do that. So what is the plan for 2024, Tristan? Tell us some of your swaggy details. Yeah, so I'm glad you asked, actually, because, yeah, the past, I don't know. Like, for the first couple of years I was on tour, I did the, like, magazine shirts, you know, like, the, just the ones that are, you buy from the store, and, like, they're kind of a weird cut for most people. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, like, all the stuff I'll be wearing on course for tournaments is, um, like, I get my own polos, and then I send them off. I have a good friend in Colorado that does embroidery and stamping and everything. And so, yeah, I'll have like nice embroidered polos from a brand called Made by Mantra. Um, there's kind of cool like mock collar, not like full collar mm. polos. And then, yeah, I just have like all my same golf pants. I have quite a collection of golf pants and golf shorts at this point. I think I probably have like close to 20 pairs or 25 pairs of golf shorts and pants. Um, and so, yeah, I'll be definitely looking what I think is pretty pretty professional in the course and then um yeah i normally wear my own hats with my t logo on them and then off course dj actually has some really good fitting like stock t-shirts so like some of the ones you've probably seen in my youtube or in my uh instagram videos of just like the regular kind of just they say dga or they have some sort of design on the front actually fit really well which I was kind of surprised about, but another W for DGA. Like those, <laughs> I, those are they're great. I think I'm actually wearing I'm, I'm wearing a DGA T-shirt as we yeah, speak. Yeah. It, it's a it's it's a good fitting it's a good fitting thing. Yeah, it's like um, great. Yeah. The uh, what do you feel like the importance for sort of style on the courses? Because obviously, I think you're almost sort of always pointed out the sort of the sort of the style that you have coming to a tournament. I think I remember when you had your hair cut; it was a big sort of talking point for like two weeks yeah um, yeah i thought commentary was like have you seen tristan tanner like so yeah. it must be a bit strange but we are seeing this almost importance to visual image right presentation on the course, like how you're dressing yeah. presentation because we're seeing some people like yourself ezra you know making that a important part of your game and then we're seeing other people which will be nice don't we'll just leave it at that mm-hmm. but yeah you know so to you is that a you know, a lot of people have said, you look good, you play good. Is that a big element to your game, which is, okay, before a tournament, these are the outfits that I'm going to wear, these are what I look good in, these are what I think I'm going to play good. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely probably a little bit of the look good, play good thing, but I think it's almost just more from a brand perspective of I want 
I want to be very professional. And I think it's for the greater good of the game going forward is like if people click onto disc golf, like onto the disc golf network or onto YouTube or any sort of live streaming, see it on Instagram and they see people in these just like ridiculous shorts, ridiculous shirts, like just look like not very nice. Like, I don't know. You just like see someone dressed like that in public Mm. and it's not necessarily someone that stands out as like, Oh yeah. Like that person's an athlete. That person's like, trying to be professional, that kind of thing. And so I think from a sponsor perspective, if sponsors especially look into the game and they see, even if they maybe never heard of disc golf or disc golf hasn't quite like breached out of like all the in disc golf sponsors to get these outside brands, if they look in and they just see all this like kind of unprofessional, almost like homelessy look um, sometimes, um, yeah. not naming names, but then uh, <laughs> I, I just think it's like it can't go well. So like why not um, like, yeah, it's like probably a little bit more money and like a little bit more of an investment to look good on the course. But I think it's just worth it for the greater good of the game. And I think long term it'll, you know, stick with my brand and stick with the brands I'm working with um, of like separating ourselves from the pack in um, – yeah, professionalism and yeah. just kind of general, you know, I just don't look at any other what I think of professional sports and see anyone dressed ridiculous, like tennis, golf, even like NBA, NFL, yeah. NHL players off the course are all very like stylish in some way um, <laughs> and very professional grabbing the eye. And yeah, I just want to kind of, you know, do that for disc golf. Nice. Tristan, do you have a favorite Sunday color? Sunday color. Mm. You, you, um, you're coming out final round, and you're like, "Do you know what? I just just want to fill this one out. I know exactly what I'm popping on." I mean, I've always been kind of a black on black. Yeah, I, I feel like I did a whole season. I think I guess it was 2021. I did a whole season of. I just had four of the same black on black outfits, <laughs> and I just wore black hat, black shirt, black pants, black shoes. The whole year. Everyone's like, remember, um, that, remember that one season where Vinny had that one shirt? Everyone's like, oh, Tristan's got the one outfit. Yeah. Somehow he's cleaning every night <laughs> before yeah, every round. Yeah, yeah. No. yeah, no, I had four of them, which was good. Um, so, yeah, I feel like I always, I like tend to go back to like just black on black, especially for final rounds or kind of that's just one of my most worn like colors in general. Two of the same people here, Tristan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I lo- lo- love black on black for a Sunday for sure. <laughs> yep. Am I, yep. am I making yeah. this up? But was it? I think it was 2021. There was it was when Tiger Woods had that nasty car accident, and like all the disc golfers on one of the Sundays all wore red. Was that, am I making that up, or was that a thing? No, I was think that did happen. Like a thing. I think it might be Vegas when, 21. Yeah, I'm not sure which tournament. It might have even been Waco. Mm, it was maybe. one of those early season events, though. It was early um, in the season. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The classic. Yeah. I think Tiger sort of, you know, he. Here's, here's the whole he kind of iconized Sunday whole, colors you know Sunday colors yeah, yeah for so, sure uh, yeah I think you know like Tiger did uh I guess it was I think it was Gary Player actually was probably like one of the first uh, he did black on black, black on black um on Sundays uh but yeah I mean I think it's iconic to like have a Sunday Sunday outfit and I think most players have some sort of one they at least gravitate to if not wear every Sunday yeah, yeah I love that feeling Nice. We won't ask you who you think the worst dressed in uh, 
the Pro Tour is because that's uh, unless you want to throw it out. I'll, no, want to I'll tell you. I'll tell you. It's it's Ezra. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> <laughs> some some say his trousers are just too tight. <laughs> you know. Oh, and then I have. I think mine are tighter. So. <laughs> I, I can't talk the, too much on that between one. Between the three of you, between Ben Calloway, yourself, and and Ezra, there is there must be a trophy out there for tightest trousers. There must be. Yeah, yeah. Ben's Ben is up there too. It's funny because Ben's a little smaller than me and Ezra, but then somehow finds I don't know what size shorts he wears. You know, like he might be extra smalls to get them as tight as he does. Kids love. <laughs> we're, we're Shout little, out uh... Ben Calloway. We'll, we'll lobby the PDGA so the end of year awards will ask them to introduce the you know international Mr. Tight Trousers award. That'd be so, perfect. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think that's, yeah, uh, that'd be great. Yeah. We'll, we'll get a petition. We'll, we'll make it work. Um, okay. Talking about Ezra though, um, so recently you were in his Down the Clown YouTube video, yeah, um, which is was really fun. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, disc golfers sort of you know doing the content game and sort of uh, making interesting fresh videos. Mm-hmm. Is it very much a, these are our friends, these are the people we do videos with? Or does Ezra, Ezra just hit you up saying, hey, you free, come do this? And then you say, hey, I'll do it if you get one of my videos in a week's time. What's the the deal around What's the etiquette? disc golf content? Because it's not yet really, you know, there's like various other sports where there's very specific channels and you sort of scratch mm-hmm. other's backs. It seems a bit more free-flowing at the moment with disc golf. So what's the etiquette, especially in your circles, around that kind of content? Yeah, so I think probably across the board, most people are the, like, you know, ask it to be in a YouTube video, and then whatever, there's some sort of exchange of, like, one on one channel, one on the other. Um, with my group, it seems like... So we did that Down the Clown video with me, Ezra, Anthony, and Aaron. But then, like, we've done... Since then, we've actually done four more, like, off-course type videos that I can't like disclose, but they'll be coming out in the next couple months nice. of like these kind of bigger production, like very specific type videos that are like really fun. And we just kind of do our own like group. So it's like me, Ezra, Aaron, Anthony, um, and then Parker Welk too. Cool. And we just kind of stick to those guys kind of because that's who's down here, but that's just kind of like our group of friends also. And so we just kind of keep the circle small in that way. And Ezra obviously does all his videos with Brody during the season and they have that kind of going for him. But yeah, we like to just kind of keep the ideas like within ourselves and we're obviously just together all the time. So it makes it a little easier. Yeah. You were saying uh, your, uh, your YouTube content output kind of fell off a little bit last year. Uh, was that just down yeah. to the same reason why kind of the disco fell off too? It was just a lot of pressure and a lot of just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I understand your question. Uh, and the YouTube actually has been like two years. I think it, like I posted that first impressions DJ video, which was like a pretty just like dry cut, like easy video. And that was like my first YouTube upload in over two years. Okay. Almost. Um, and so the YouTube fell off mostly just because of balancing a media personality, especially on YouTube and like a playing personality. And when everything crosses like on the course, so it's like when you're on the course and like in the practice, in a practice round, you're filming and you have to be this like funny, like whatever personality 
and then you get around to the tournament and you have to have a very different personality to be like very focused yeah. and like deliberate and all these things. And for Telling me, people with cameras to get out of the way. Ex- exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> especially. Yeah. Especially when two T pads are close to each other is yelling at people to get off. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but no, the, yeah. And so just the crossover for me wasn't quite working of, you know, I had to make all the videos. Most of them were on course at the time. And then I also was doing all the editing myself and still trying to do these other things. And it just wasn't, it just didn't quite work for me yeah. at the time in the way I was doing it. And so I definitely, I'm going to be trying to bring that back. I have like a couple, I have like a collaborative series that I'm going to be doing with another round yeah. this year that is going to be cross posted both on Instagram and YouTube. And then, yeah, I'm just going to try to do some more like off course YouTube videos. Cause I think that's going to be keep it a little more separated for me. Uh, but then obviously have the benefits of doing the media, which yeah. I haven't been doing. So are those the main changes you're going to bring in for this year to kind of make sure that, uh, the YouTube stays fun for you and it doesn't affect the professional disc golf too much. Yeah. Yeah. So it's mostly going to be, um, there's definitely going to be some of my own videos, but then I'm also just going to be appear- appearing in okay. like videos on Ezra's channel and like the, some of the course preview stuff probably here and there. Cause that's definitely a little bit more just like whatever with the mindset of playing better. Yeah. The practice round videos are, you know, they're not just like, like, Oh, playing with one disc or throwing Anheuser's only or full power videos. Like I used to do yeah. just like all these ridiculous on course, like challenge type stuff. It's like actually an applicable video that isn't going to like take my attention off the tournament yeah. too much. I think the sort of talking about Bubba's point earlier on in the show about sort of finding love for disc golf again, I think that is reflected in your your Instagram. So actually, obviously prepping for this, I sort of had a look through and sort mm-hmm. of had a look at some sort of timelines. And actually before the DJ announcement, it was sort of made, it was sort of maybe a week or so, a couple of weeks in between posts. Mm-hmm. In the last month, you've seen, obviously, you've, you've been excited. You've had that energy to get out, make content. Even if it's just a, hey, guys, this is the breaker. This is how it flies. It's yeah. just that quick content. But talking about quick content, I, when I was sort of doing some work earlier and looking through Instagram, I did watch you assemble a Mac shift basket for about five, six, seven minutes. I, yeah. I mean, I, I was, because mainly I've always been curious to get one myself. We can't get them in the UK without horrendous shipping rates. So I was like, oh, I do want to see how this thing goes together. And I yeah. was like, I, I kept looking back at the screen bin. Oh, no, he's still going. He's still going. Yeah. So. yeah. I think a lot of people were probably like on that video for a long time, but not necessarily watching it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, there's chains. He's putting the chains on. Oh, okay. I'll watch this part. <laughs> well, there's a bit where like um, you're sort of like explaining, okay, this section goes there. And then there's a bit where you're just like staring at the instructions for a minute. Dead, <laughs> dead <laughs> silent. I know. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, damn, this is this is ramping up. It's like in a you know, you have to talk to Kevin Jones about that in dance music when you put the drop in, you know, it's sort of like yeah. that was the that was the calm before the storm. Okay, now yes. the chain's gone. Boom. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's so funny. Uh but yeah, like kind of to answer your the like first part of your question is like, yeah, I definitely have just been like so much more like active on Instagram and posting a bunch of reels and just recording reels. I mean, right now and I have like a full folder on my phone, which is like, I probably have like 15 reels in there unposted. Just if I need them at any point, I've just been going out 
and just like recording a bunch of stuff like while I'm practicing kind of just some regular throws, some like special stuff kind of like earlier today. I don't know if you guys saw, I posted, we did a collab post with me and Jake Brown and Aaron Gossage of, we just did this like kind of safari CTP hole, um, like a 460 foot hole from the parking lot <laughs> at Vista. Um, and so like just fun, some fun stuff and yeah, a lot more posting, which I've, I've really liked. It's been so nice. The Bubba, I have our next video idea. So hear me out. Yeah. So the video is going to start by saying, have you ever wondered the secret to disc golf? And then you sort of say, is it power? Is it speed? No, the top players wear really tight trousers. And we go to Oxfam, <laughs> we go to charity shop, we buy the tightest trousers we can. And we do a three hole challenge seeing who can win playing in really, really tight trousers. And then I think it's an auto win if um, if anyone rips them. Oh, it's automatic win. I'm going to bust out yeah. so bad. All right. Am I writing this down, Rob, or are you writing this down? Write down this idea. I feel, like it, I, think it, I, think, I feel like it depends on where it's ripped. Because if it's like ripped down the bum, that's embarrassing. <laughs> if, it's if it's like, if it's thighs, that's like the Hulk, right? That's kind of cool. That's, like, if, you can sort of, if you can rip yeah. out a pair of trousers in the thighs, that's a, a low-key flex. Uh, yes, it is. So, yeah. I don't know. You, you've seen <laughs> my guys, Rob. It's, it's, it's a possibility. <laughs> it was. Isn't your? Wasn't your Instagram like thunder thighs? It used to like, be tight and thighs. Ages. Yeah, tight and thighs. There you that's, go. that's great. Hey, big. Bring that. So there back. you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, I mean, we we know who's going to win the challenge video then before it even begins. Old tight oh. thighs over here. Challenge videos. <laughs> um, so Tristan, uh, talking about videos, one thing we're doing. Um, this year on the show, podcast-wise, um, we're having segments. And one of the segments we sort of allude to at the beginning of the show is something called Bubba Throws Best. So Bubba isn't Team DGA. DJ is the best. So we're going to get him to throw some of that plastic. So okay. um, obviously, we've got a little bit of a list of uh, you know discs that we initially want to get Bubba to to throw. But what's the, the Tristan Tanner recommended disc? What's the one that he should get out and you know throw as soon as he can? As soon as he can, um, I'd honestly say, you know, I said I liked the breaker. I said I'd like some of the drivers, but I'd actually say the Aftershock is probably okay. the one that he should go try. There's not many people who throw it. I think it's just basically me and Cole <laughs> that I've heard that really like it. Um, but yeah, it's just like a straight, slightly overstable, um, really consistent mid-range that I feel like can be in anyone's bag, but has another one of my like standout favorites. So it's like a pretty easy suggestion. Perfect. Do you feel like there's enough? Because I've actually never thrown the aftershock. Do you think there's enough difference between that and the quake? Because I think it's only a yes. little bit glidier and a little bit stable. No, I'd say it's a huge difference. Okay. I mean, the yeah, the the aftershock is closer to straight than it is overstable, and the quake is very clearly overstable. Like, I, I almost say the Aftershock's probably closer to a Rift than it is the Quake. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, so I it's may like, have to pick one up. Yeah, it's just a, a, a pretty straight beaded mid, and especially, like, if you get an older one or we'll beat one up a little bit, it's just, like, money, little hyzer flips, and really consistent, can throw it in wind. So, yeah, really good awesome. desk. Well, I've got, my, uh, I've got my allotment to sort of play with over the next month or so, so I'll definitely chuck a couple in there and see... Uh, Perfect. See how we get on. I'll, uh, I'll yeah. report back on Instagram. I'll say, "Hey, man, it's uh, it's working out great." Yeah, that sounds there great. You go. That kind of uh, brings us to the sort of 
the end, Bubba. Are we getting to it? Or is there anything else that you uh, desperately want to dive into? I would love to ask one question. Uh, that's because I am Go a goal it. and aspiration kind of person. And Tristan, I'm just wondering, uh, do you have any goals for 2024? And if you do, what are they? Great question. Um, yeah, so I've never really been big on, like, kind of objective goals. Mm. I just think it kind of gets set on, gets your mind set on the wrong things. Um, one thing, kind of a goal towards the end of the season for me last year and one that I want to carry into that I think will help me for the rest of, or for 2024 and into the future, is to just be like fully, fully commit to every shot I throw. Okay. It doesn't matter how hard I'm throwing it or what line it is. Just like pick my spot and like fully commit to like putting the disc in that window. And I think everything else for me will fall in line if I do that. Sounds dope. Appreciate that. I feel like we can, uh, we, we can, we can all take that advice to some point. Uh, quite a lot of time for sure. I'm standing on the tee pad, and I'm still wondering if the disc I got in my hand is the right disc. So that's very far away mm-hmm. from the clarity and commitment that you need to execute. So. Definitely, yeah. Like once, once you have that, once you've picked something, doesn't matter what you've picked, whether you like it's the correct shot for the hole. Just like once you've kept, picked it, you have to commit. Perfect. I think that's some sound advice to leave on, in all honesty. Tristan, thank you very much for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. That was that was awesome. Fun talking to you. Tristan, so uh, this is the opportunity, uh, before we wrap things fully up, to shout out, obviously, anyone that you want to shout out. Obviously, this has been quite a big DGA-heavy uh, episode, so I think there's no questions asked, you know, who you're sponsored by, etc. But yeah. who do you want to shout out? This is the platform to do it. Yeah, so I'll shout out DGA. You know, I've really been loving the partnership so far with them. Um, thanks to another round for, you know, the multiple years with them. And I'm super excited to what we can do between DGA and another round going into the future. And then I'll just shout out, shout out my socials too. Uh, you can just find me on, as Tristan Tanner on YouTube and then uh, Tristan underscore Tanner 13 on Instagram. Those are my main media channels. And like I said, I'm pretty active on those now. So shoot me a message or comment on my videos and check it out i'll be very active on there epic and while we're talking about sort of uh socials shout outs obviously you can follow us at the amside underscore no it's just the amside podcast <laughs> there's no underscores last year was very confusing <laughs> when it came to underscores we're just the amside <laughs> podcast i am amside underscore rob uh you are be awesome bubba That's right. um so make sure you follow us give us reviews you know like us on whatever pl- podcast platform of choice Bubby, there's always something that you want to say at the end of last season. I think we got to carry it through into 2024. Why don't you say what you need to say? It's fine. Well, if, if no one's told you today, uh, you're awesome and we love you. Awesome. Well, there you go, guys. Another another episode, but the first of 2024 and the first of season four. Oh, a lot of fours. So until episode two, if we don't see you on the course, we'll catch you on the M side.